Welcome to the gathering this morning. Excited to have each and every one of you here with us, here in person, also watching us online. Hello, everybody. Say hi in the chat. We've got Angela back there. She'll say hi back to you. We are in week four of our series called New. This morning, the elders were praying over me uh, before the first service, and I, I asked them, I said, can we really call this series new for in week four? I, I don't know if we can do that, but we're going to. <laughs> but we're looking at what God wants to do in and through our lives that may be new. Uh, what is new that God wants to do for me, for you, for us as the gathering, us as this church, as this body? What does God want to do new? What does God want to do new in the capital C church, right? The Christians across the world. What does God want to do in us that may be new? Has anybody ever had to learn anything new? <laughs> ever? Have you, have, you, have you ever had to learn something, a new way that you thought you knew how to do it? Yeah, so I recently had to do that. Um, so I've been doing some, this thing that I had to relearn how to do for like over 20 years. And I thought I had it mastered, but it turns out it didn't. And that was shaving. <laughs> because it turns out uh, the piece of information that my dad, I'm gonna have to call him up and be like, you never told me this part. Uh, the, the part that he never told me was that after I'm done, I have to clean up after myself. So yeah, so I had to relearn the steps of, of shaving. And so my beautiful, wonderful, uh, passive-aggressive wife, um, <laughs> she, uh, she, she got me a gift for Christmas. <laughs> got me the beard, the beard bib for Christmas. So that, that's, it's, it's really, really helping. Here, here's a picture of me using the beard bib. Yes. <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome. So yeah, I had to take that down. I had to relearn. I had to relearn how to do something that I thought I knew how to do. And so the, the thing about new is that when, when God wants to do something new in our life, we have to adjust the way we act sometimes. We have to adjust our choices. We have to adjust our decisions that we make. We have to make some changes when God wants to do something new in us. But how many of you know that when God leads you in a new way or points you in a new direction, that he's not changing? Because God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So he's not changing. We just have a responsibility to follow God as he moves throughout our life. We have to follow him today to the new that he may be leading us to. It's our responsibility to follow God. Him. Have you ever followed somebody to a location you don't know where they're going? Have you ever done this? It frustrates me to no end. Well, you know, you get together with some people who are like, hey, let's go to such and such a restaurant. I don't know where that's at. Just jump in, follow me. We'll be good. And then they take off, you know? It's like they forget two seconds later that you're following them. But you have one job. If you're the car that's following the guy who knows where he's going, you got one job to do. Just keep his bumper in your window, right? Just keep, just follow that bumper. But here's the thing. He knows where he's going. The guy that's in the lead, he knows where he's going. He, he's been there before. He knows the destination. He's not going to phone back to you and say, hey, uh, are you cool if we take the next left? No, because he knows the destination. He knows where he's going. And our job as the, the guy who just has to follow along is just simply to follow him. Just simply follow him. And it's no different than our walk with God. We have to follow God we have to follow him. That's our job. Here today, there's, there's five cameras that are, uh, that are broadcasting this live around the world. And uh, we've got five cameras. This is camera one, high camera one. And then we've got camera two. It's up there in the corner, high camera two. 
We've got three roamers, camera three, not sure where you're at, but you're around here somewhere. You got camera four and then camera five. Those are our five cameras today. They all have different jobs. They all have a different purpose. But camera one, I want to talk about, put back up camera one. Camera one has a very specific purpose. And it may have, uh, it's a very easy job, but it, it's, if we're honest, the, probably the hardest job. Because all camera one's job is to do is stay high and tight and follow me wherever I go. Just follow me. If I, here's the thing. I, James is back there. That's my brother. Give it up for my brother, James. So James, uh, he, he started running camera one in uh, October of 2020. He's been back there over 60 times, standing back there for over an hour. We didn't even get, get the guy a seat. We got to get this guy a seat, right? But you know, James is back there and he's just, that's his one job. Just follow me no, no matter where I go. He doesn't know. I didn't give him a list of things I was going to do up here. I didn't say I'm going to go over to the left. And then you know, I, he doesn't have a playbook. He just has to follow me. And it's important because he has to pay attention, right, Mike? He's got to pay attention because the minute that James stops paying attention, he loses me. <laughs> the minute that James takes his eye off the ball, he loses me. And here's the thing, that which he was responsible for following, he's now lost. Now, is that, is that my fault or is it James' fault? <laughs> is, it my, is, is it my fault that James took his eye off the ball or is, or is it James' fault? See, when we take our eye off God, when he's directing us, we can't get mad at God when we miss the turn because we weren't looking at him. We weren't following him. So we have to have a responsibility in our life. We can't get upset with God because it's our responsibility to follow him. Mm. We got to follow God today. The title of this message is Step Into Your New. Step into your new. And friends, we can't fully step into the new that God has for you and for me today if we aren't willing to follow him closely. There's a new for, for you and for me today, but we have to step into that new that God has for us. We're going to be in Colossians chapter 2 today. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there or you can swipe there if you're on your cell phone. If not, we're going to have it behind me on the LED wall. But this, uh, this letter uh, was written to the church in Colossae around 60 AD. It's written by Paul while he's in prison. And uh, the, in part, this, this letter to the Colossian Christians was written because there was some false teaching that began to seek its, uh, seep its way into the culture of this Colossian church. There was some false teaching, some heresy, some things that they were like, you know, they were making up some, some stuff. <laughs> and Paul got wind of this. And so he writes this letter to this church, a church he had never been to before at this time. And he wants to clear up and set them straight about Jesus Christ and who he really is. Some of the heresy, uh, just as some examples, is this idea of uh, docetism. It's, it's this idea that Jesus was somehow just a ghost. Jesus was just a ghost or made up of some celestial substance. And so the, the pain and the suffering that they witnessed on the cross was just apparent. He didn't really endure that. So this is, this is an example of this heresy. Another would be uh, this idea of Seranthianism, which is to suggest that somehow God the man, or Jesus the man and Jesus the Christ were two different things. That, that Jesus was just simply born a man and that at his baptism, the Christ would have descended onto him and then it would have left him shortly before the crucifixion. And it was just Jesus the man who was crucified 
on the cross. So these are some examples of this, this heresy, this heretical teaching that's going on. And so Paul sets them straight. He, he writes them this letter to tell them that Jesus is fully God and fully man. He is fully God and fully man. Chapter one, he says this, he says, uh, Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. Right off the bat, he says, you want to you know what God looks like? Look at Jesus, because he's the visible image of an invisible God. He says that Jesus existed before anything was created and that he reigns supreme over all creation. Down in in verse 19, he says that for God, in all his fullness, imagine the fullness of God. We can't even comprehend it. But that God, in all of his fullness, was pleased to live in Jesus. And then he goes on to say that everything was reconciled to God through Jesus Christ. Chapter two, we're gonna pick up in verse six today. It says this, and now, just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. Let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. Don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies and high-sounding nonsense that come from human thinking and from the spiritual powers of this world rather than from Christ. For in Christ lives all the fullness of God in a human body. So you are also complete through your union with Christ, who is the head over every ruler and authority. When you came to Christ, you were circumcised, but not by a physical procedure. Christ performed a spiritual circumcision, the cutting away of your sinful nature. For you were buried with Christ when you were baptized, and with him you were raised to new life because you trusted the mighty power of God who raised Christ from the dead. You were dead because of your sins and because of your sinful nature had not yet been cut away. Then God made you alive with Christ for he forgave all our sins. He canceled the record of the charges against us and took it away by nailing it to the cross. In this way, he disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities. He shamed them publicly by his victory over them on the cross. Come on. God, we thank you for that victory on the cross. God, we thank you that today we can dig into your word and we can learn what you have for us today. God, we know that you have something new for us today that you want us to step into. So God, today, as we, as we get into this, just help us hear from you today. Impress on our hearts. Change us from the inside out. God, we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Point number one this morning is this. Your new is up to you. Your new is up to you. Verse six, and now, just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. Sounds a lot like our uh, find and follow Jesus, right? Turns out it's not just really good alliteration, but that is biblical, right? You, you know, you gotta find Jesus and then you follow Jesus. It seems really simple, but both are important, right? Both are important, they're different. Both are essential. I mean, you can't follow Jesus until you've found Jesus. So, you know, there, there's two things going on. It's kind of like if James, if I, if I just said, hey, James, I'm gonna point this camera at the speaker and then I didn't give him, you know, a headset to listen to the camera operators. I didn't give him a tripod to move it around on. I didn't equip him with the right tools to follow 
the speaker. And so that's why it's important that we, that we f- help people, what, find Jesus and then help them follow them, give them the tools, equip them to follow Jesus. This week, God uh, spoke it to me this way uh, as I was studying this. He said, the old you found Jesus, but the new you follows Jesus. See, the, the, the old you is who found Jesus, but the new you follows him. 2 Corinthians 5, 17, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come and the old has gone. The old you, far from God, in need of a savior, that's gone. And the new is here. The new is here. And the new, the new you and the new me, we have a responsibility and that's to follow Jesus. The old you found him, but the new you follows him today. Colossians 6, uh, 2, 6 says this. It says, you must continue, must continue to follow him. Him being Jesus. You must continue to follow him. God asked me this question this week, and so I put it in here. But he asked, he said, are you following Jesus today like the old you or like the new you? Are you making decisions today to put roots down and to follow him like the old you or the new you, the, 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 the redeemed you? Is that who's following Jesus today? So how, how do we know? <laughs> well, we're going to do this. We're going to examine our rhizosphere. Anybody? Nobody? Turn to your neighbor. Tell, no, don't, don't tell them that. Anybody? anybody botany people? Anybody? My wife has a ton of plants. I guess that makes me a botany expert. Okay, so the rhizosphere is this. It's just a fancy word for the area around the roots of a plant. It's called the rhizosphere. The area right around the roots of the plant. And so there are times where we need to examine that area of our roots. With plants, it's interesting because with a plant, if, if a plant starts to die in our house, the, uh, the, f- the first thing to go is the roots. And we don't see it because it's underground, Right? unless we're examining those roots. It may be weeks, months later, and the plant's dead, and we're like, well, it's been dying for a long time because the roots weren't being taken care of. And so here's the thing. Roots matter. Roots matter to plants. They, they, they bring the nourishment up to the plant. And for you and for me today, roots matter for us as well. Where we put our roots matters because that's what feeds us spiritually. That's what keeps us alive spiritually. It's what determines our health in a spiritual sense, Colossians 2, 7. Let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. I love this, this picture that Paul gives us here of, of, of the roots growing down and us growing up, right? It's just growth in both directions. As we begin to put our roots down deep into Christ, our lives will be built up on him. But the problem is, if, if we're honest, we don't always put our roots in Jesus, do we? If we're honest in this world, the world, there's a lot of choices we have to make. There's tension in the world. There's a lot of times where the world would say, put your roots in this, put your roots in that. And so there's this tension that we all feel of where are we really going to put our roots. But here's the thing is that we are fed through our roots. And so where our roots go matter. So here's some, some places that, that the world would say to put your roots. They'd say, you know, put your roots in your money. You know, as long as you've got a full bank account, you've got an IRA, you've got your 401k, you're good to go. You're going to have happiness. You're going to have contentment. It's, it's good. Just put your roots in that <laughs> and you're going to be good. 
Another one that, uh, that they, they tell you is, you know, just in relationships and friends. If you just have a good group of friends around you, you know, go out on the weekends, go hang out. They're going to make you content. They're going to give you everything you need in life. Just put your roots into your friends. Or, or maybe it's your lifestyle, right? Pastor John talked about it a little bit ago. You know, you don't get to take your hobbies to heaven with you, right? But, but maybe, maybe the world just says, you know, live a good lifestyle. Take that, take that vacation. It doesn't matter if it puts you in debt. And, you know, just, just live a good life. You know, the kids are in traveling team on the weekends, and so that's going to be important. Or I really like when it warms up and I get to go out on the lake, and, and uh, that's, that's my lifestyle, so I'm going to miss church for the next couple months. You know, that's the lifestyle that, that, that uh, the world tells us. Or maybe it's our job, right? Maybe, maybe it's the job or the title that we have at our job. You know, building our business. And, and the world says, put your roots into these things, because if, you, if, you, <laughs> if you're deeply rooted into this, you're going to be successful. You're going to be, this is what the world is selling. But how many know that this isn't what fulfills us as Christians? Because here's the truth. <laughs> These things, they dry up, don't they? Money. We end up in a situation, you know, maybe, maybe the economy tanks. And all of a sudden, that which we thought we were secure and that which we were digging our roots, roots down into is gone. Sometimes friends aren't really our friends. Sometimes they hurt us. And if our roots are down deep in friendships, now, now that's gone too. And maybe our lifestyle doesn't get to go to heaven with us. And that's gone too. Our job, you know, maybe, maybe society changes. Maybe we get laid off. Maybe the economy uh, tanks or maybe, maybe technology changes and that which was a great job in one season is gonna be a terrible business to be in in the next. And all of a sudden, here we are <laughs> with our roots deeply planted in dry wells. Our roots are deeply planted in these dry wells. And friends, there's only one thing in life that we can afford to put our roots down into, and that's Jesus Christ. Because here's the thing. These, these are dry, but this is a spring of living water. This never, ever runs dry. It always is there. Now, why would we make the choices, right? Like, who would, in their right mind would make their choices to put it into this and not just, I mean, that's, that's common sense. But all throughout the Bible, you'll see where, where people had this wrong. In fact, uh, God, through the prophet Jeremiah to, the, to Israel, he says this in Jeremiah 2.13, for they have forsaken me, me, the spring of living water, and they have dug their own, their own cisterns, broken cisterns that cannot Hold water. Does that sound like the world we live in? We put all of our trust in these, these broken, leaky cisterns. Now, let me, let me just be clear. It's not bad to have these things. It's not what I'm saying. But see, when, when the number one place that we dig our roots is here and not here, that's when we know we're out of whack. That's when we know that we're out of whack. And here's the cool thing, is that if we really get this today, there is an overflow <laughs> that happens when you put your roots in the living water of Jesus Christ. There's an overflow that happens as you dig your roots deeply into him. He's a spring that never runs dry. John 4, 14, Jesus says to the Samaritan woman, whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. 
a spring of water welling up, overflowing. When we plant our roots down deep into Jesus, guess what happens? There's an overflow into the other areas of our life. These are going to run out, but Jesus will never, ever run out in your life. John uh, 7, 38, he says this, whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. Friends, is there anybody in here today that could use a river of living water inside of them? <laughs> Amen. We can have that today. For those of you who know the Lord, who've made him the Lord of your life, we can choose because the new is up to you. The new is up to me. We can choose to put our roots in him today. Colossians 2.7 says this. It says, let your roots grow down into him and your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth that you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. It is impossible to be sad and thankful at the same time. It is impossible to be depressed and thankful at the same time. When you root yourself in Jesus, there's an overflow of thankfulness in your life. Okay, so the new is up to you. And my wife, she always tells me, it was good, good she's my biggest critic. It was good, but uh, give, give him some practical ways to apply that, right? That's always her thing. So if you hate this next part, it's my wife's fault. Um, <laughs> So some practical ways to put down roots. Here we go. Intentional time with Jesus daily. Be intentional with your time with Jesus. If you don't make it that intentional, don't, I mean, why would we expect him to show up when we don't show up and, and, and spend time with him, right? Time and place with your intentional time with Jesus is huge. If you don't have a time and a place, it's not gonna become a habit. It's not gonna become a habit. Spend that time in your Bible, praying. Pastor Jordan, a few weeks ago, he challenged us to do what? The first 15. Five minutes of thankfulness as soon as you get up in the morning, or maybe five minutes of worship. Then five minutes of Bible reading. And then five minutes of praying for somebody else. Has anybody been doing that? Be honest. That's awesome. For those of you who've been doing it, he said it's now the 17. You guys have graduated. Two more minutes. No, I'm kidding. But if, if you haven't done that, that's, that's such a great way, such an easy way, 15 minutes. I mean, we, 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 give, we give so many things more than 15 minutes in our life. We can give God the first 15 minutes in our life. Another way is, is Pastor John talked about, is to serve, is, is to get involved, to come and serve. Jesus didn't come to be served. He came to serve others. You have a gift. You have a skill. You have a talent. You have a call on your life. And, and, and God brings us together with all these different gifts and talents and skills to edify the body of Christ. It's just a fancy word to say to lift up the body of Christ, to lift up one another. We all have a gift to offer this, this gathering. And listen, it's easier now than it's ever been because now you can attend one and you can serve one, right? So that's easy. That's awesome. I, I was talking to Mike P. Um, sit up. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm <laughs> kidding. I love you, buddy. Uh, I was talking to Mike P the other day, and uh, there was a, a guy I called you about, and I said, hey, would you, you know, take him out to coffee? And he, he shared with me, this gentleman, he'd been going to church for a long time, and he said, you know, I, just, I don't have any good examples of, um, of like godly men in my life. It broke my heart. And I said, you know what? We're going to get you connected with a few guys. And one of the guys that I called was Mike P. I said, would you, would you be willing to take this guy out to lunch and just get him connected? And, and he said, you know, I, I will. He said, you know I will. He said, but here's the thing. He needs to get involved in serving. He needs to get involved with, he wants to be around people that, that love him, a community of people that he fits in with. 
Get involved with serving. You know, maybe you're here today saying, yeah, I need community. Get involved. There's, there's tons of opportunities to get involved here at the gathering. Maybe you're new and you're like, I don't know where I fit. I don't know the whole thing. I don't know how this all works. Just get involved. Get involved and through the process of serving, you're gonna find exactly where you fit here at the gathering. So I'm gonna challenge you, don't sign up, show up. <laughs> Where's Ken Copeland at? There he is. All right, Ken, give it up for Ken. All right, here's what we're gonna do. Ken, Ken Copeland, he, he leads our setup and teardown for our production, everything in here, right? The LED, all, all, this, all this stuff, it, uh, it gets torn down and it goes in a 36-foot trailer at the end of the day. <laughs> and then it comes back next week. And so, Ken, if you wanna uh, get involved and say, hey, I, I'll show up, I'll come today, I'll help tear down, go see Ken, he'll get you plugged in. Uh, if you wanna say, you know, hey, I'll get involved with uh, Kids Ministry or the Lobby, Chachi stand up, go, go see Chachi. Chachi, that's you? Yeah, that's you. Go. There's tons of ways. If you'll, somebody said stand up. Can you stand up? That's just mean, man. Why they gotta be so mean to you? If they only knew, man. Oh, he's a good guy. Don't be mean to Chachi. But, but go see Chachi. He, he can get you involved in a lot of other opportunities to serve here at the gathering as well. And I know some of you, they're like, hey, I got a busy life, and we get that. We know everybody's got stuff going on. But I'm going to put up a picture that I call the no excuse picture, and that's a picture of our men's pastor, Brian Bowers. Oh, come on. Woo! Yeah. For those of you... For those of you who may not know, Brian uh, has stage four colon cancer. And every other week, he spends his week in chemotherapy. And this, I think, was a chemo week. And he showed up, and he doesn't do anything for the kids' ministry except paint their letters when he's on chemo, okay? So there's always something that we can do to be involved. Just sign up to serve. Another quick way is to get involved get engaged in an area of ministry here at the gathering. We've got our gathering groups, formerly our, what we call our family circles. We're going to clarify the language a little bit, make them our gathering groups. If you're not involved in a family group or a gathering group, we would love for you to get involved. It's a great way to deepen your roots in Jesus. Maybe you say, I would love to lead a gathering group. I'll open up my home. I have the gift of hospitality. I love to entertain people. That's awesome. We'll help you with the curriculum. We'll help you with the leadership of it. Just offer to open up your home. So if you'd be willing to do that, see Aaron or myself after the gathering today. Men's ministry. We've got Dude Challenge coming up. Pastor John just talked about it. Sign up. We've got men's breakfast every other, I'm sorry, every month. See Brian Bowers for that. We've got our, our women's ministry. You can see Cindy for our, our, uh, everything we've got going on in our women's ministries. Our marriage life. Pastor John talked about that. We've got our, our date night coming up. It's going to be awesome. And then we also have our marriage groups that come together. So if you're married and you say, I want to be involved in a group, we've got marriage groups. We've even got mentorship groups. So like if you're like with your husband and wife right now and you're like, I can't stand to be next to him, we can help you with that too. <laughs> because we've got some mentorship groups. You can go see Terry at the marriage life table. We've got recovery. We've got grief groups. You can see Mike Pasco or Tara Grudy for those. And we've got our students ministry. I want to tell you about our students ministry real quick. Where's Pastor Jordan? Come on into the light, my friend. There he is. So here's the thing. Uh, if, if you have a student, if you are a student, or if you know a student, <laughs> you need to know Pastor Jordan, okay? God is doing some awesome things 
here through the ministries of our student ministries here at the gathering. And I'm really excited about what's going to happen next Sunday because next Sunday starts a new schedule for our student ministry, right? We're going to be right here in this room from 5 to 7 p.m. It's going to be awesome. Worship, message, fun, games, and guess what? All this stuff gets to stay. You're going to be hard-pressed to find a, a better um, production and setup, which kids love, by the way. You're going to be hard. Thank you. <laughs> You're going to be hard-pressed to find anything better than this in the West Valley. And so we're so excited to have this opportunity. And so if you have a student, talk with Pastor Jordan. Also, listen, if you're a young adult, I see a lot of young faces in this room. 18 to 25. I see a lot of young faces. There's going to be, I'm going to, I'm going to say this in faith, there's going to be a movement that's going to come out of the West Valley for our young adults. And in part... Like I've heard a lot of Pastor Jordan's plans, but you know how, how to tell if a plan is like, oh, it's a plan, or if like God is behind that plan, is when you start to see things you've never seen before take, take effect. And so get involved. If you are a young adult, get involved, because God is going to do some amazing, amazing things. So connect with Pastor Jordan at the end of the uh, message today. Here's the, the last thing I'm going to say about this, is that roots need nurtured. These roots that we put down... They're going to need nurtured. So don't start putting roots down and then just stop and ignore them <laughs> because they need nurtured. So often we do a push like this to get people involved. We'll say, hey, serve here, do this, get involved, sign up. And everybody runs to the thing and they sign up and they're so excited. And then a couple weeks later, opt out, opt out, opt out, opt out, opt out. And we stop. We stop sowing into those roots. You know, the, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over again and expecting different results. Don't quit this time. Get involved and don't quit because the new is up to you. You can stop by any of our ministry tables out on the patio or in the lobby on your way out today and learn how to drive those deep roots in Jesus. Point number two is this. Your new is already in you. Your new is already in you. Verse nine, for in Christ lives all the fullness of God in a human body. So you are also complete through your union with Christ. For those of us who know the Lord, who've made him the savior of our life, we have everything that we need to step into that new. The, this this uh, word for complete, if you study that, it's, it's made complete by the gifts that the Holy Spirit has given us. We've been made complete because of the gifts that were given. The fact that we have the Holy Spirit, that, that well, that river of, of living water running through us. We've been made complete in him. And here's the thing, we have access to that as believers. We have access to that today, but God gives us free will. And too often, we don't make the choice to step into that which we have access to. And so we never end up making that step. But friends, I want to say this. Don't settle for a clearer path to a lesser goal in your life. There's an easy path, right, where you'll just fly on down and safely land at death. Don't settle for that path. God wants so much more for you and for me today. And here's the thing, when we come to know Jesus, when we, when we come to, to know Jesus Christ, we're given a measure of faith, Romans 12, 3 tells us that, and we're given at least one spiritual gift. And so we have an opportunity, we have these things inside of us in accordance to the call that God has put on our life. And it's our responsibility to step into that. And too often, those things just lie dormant inside of us. We have the faith to do that which we've been called to, we just don't ever access it. 
but it's lying sometimes dormant inside of us, but we have to use those gifts because, friends, the new is already in you. It's already inside you. And maybe that's you today. I'm not sure who, who, who I'm talking to, but maybe that's you today. Maybe you say, yeah, I, I know I've got this call. I know I've got some gifts. I know I've got some gears that God's spoken to me maybe in a, in a past season of my life, and I've never really stepped in to that call. You may think, man, I'm scared. That was a long time ago. I've done some things. I've lived life. Life's happened. And and I don't know if if that's still, I I don't know if that's still for me. That old me, you know, I came to know Jesus and then he made me new and he called me to some things, but then I, I went a different way. So that can't be what God has for me still. But I want to encourage you with a verse that encourages me, and that's Romans eleven twenty nine. It says this, that God's gifts and his call are irrevocable. We can step into that new, we can step into that call because it's already inside of you. And friends, I don't just believe this because it says it in here. I mean, I believe scripture, but I believe it because I've lived it in my life. I believe it. It's personal to me. A long time ago, I knew I had a gift and a call on my life. God had put that so deep down inside of me. And I spent the better part of my life running in the opposite direction for a lot of reasons and a lot, a lot of different seasons of my life. But finally, I, I, through, through God getting my attention a little over three years ago, he said, you gonna see you ready? Because you gotta step into this. You gotta step into that which has always been inside of me. All those years I was running, it was still there. It was still there. I just wasn't accessing it. It was still there the entire time. And that's not just true for me today. That's true for you as well. That's true for each and every one of you. There's a gift, there's a call. And if you think, man, I'm the exclusion. I'm the exception. He's talking about everybody in this room except for me today. I'm gonna tell you, that's the enemy whispering lies inside of your ear right now. Because that is true for each and every one of us here today. Because God sent his son, he sent his son to die for us. To take all that away so that you and I could have an opportunity for new. Verse 13 says that you were dead because of your sins. And because of your sinful nature that was not yet cut away, then God made you alive with Christ, for he forgave all our sins. Jesus on the cross is what gave us the opportunity for new. And it was such a complete work, what what Jesus did on the cross. It it says in here that, that he made us alive. We weren't sick. We were dead. We, 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 he didn't make us healthier. <laughs> no, 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 we were dead, we were gone. Sick people don't need a doctor, they need a savior. And that's what Jesus did for us on the cross. He made us alive in Christ. And then it says that he forgave our sins. He forgave our sins. But this is how awesome our God is and how thorough the work on the cross was is that he didn't just stop there. He went two steps further. In verse 14, he says, he canceled the record of the charges against us and he took it away by nailing it to the cross. I want want you to think about your your rap sheet of your life. Got any criminals in here? Just kidding, don't answer that. 
But think about the rap sheet of your life. If everything you'd ever done was on this page, I mean, I'd need two or three or five or 10 or a whole ream. But if everything was on this page, this is our rap sheet. This is what we're guilty of. These are the charges against us. And the penalty, friends, is death. But you know what Jesus did is he canceled our charges. He canceled the charges against us. He didn't just, he didn't just say, I'm going to forgive the charges. He canceled the charges against us. And then he went one step further just to put the exclamation point on it. He went to the cross and he nailed him to the cross. And that's where they stay. Can we stand and give God praise today? Stand and let's give God praise. Come on. Give him a shout offering of praise for what he did on the cross. Friends, Jesus never told us to repeat after him. Jesus told us, follow me. He said, follow me. And so today, will you, will you follow him? For those of you who are following him, would, would you say, I know there's areas in my life where I can follow him more closely. Will you step into the new that God has for you today? We're gonna do something kind of special to my heart. Growing up, we used to do this in church all the time. Whew, that melody gets me every time. We're gonna sing a song. It's a very simple song, but it's powerful. It's a song called... Uh, I have decided. We're going to sing this today. Many of you may know it, but it's, it's a declaration of what we've made the decision to do. It's a reminder of what is our responsibility, which is to follow Jesus today. Let's sing it together. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Decided to follow Jesus, no turning back, no turning back. Though none go with me, though none go with me, I still will sing it like we really mean it because we're going to tell God, we're going to tell Jesus that the world is behind us and the cross is before, before, in front of us. Here we go. The world behind me, the cross before me, the world behind me, the cross before me, the world behind me.
God, that is our declaration to you today. Today we follow you. Doesn't matter who goes with us, doesn't matter the cost. God, we follow you. We thank you that we have a new to step into because of what Jesus did on the cross. We're thankful that we have that to access in our life. And God, this week as we go, I just pray that that as a body, we would begin to step into the new that you have for us. Before we leave today, I wanna give you an opportunity. If you've never made the decision, if you've never in your life made the decision to to begin a new relationship with Jesus, I wanna give you that opportunity today. I wanna just say a, a quick prayer like this. Just say, God, I am a sinner in need of a savior. And, and I believe that, that your son was sent to die for the sins that I committed. And, I, and, and today I make the decision to make Jesus the Lord of my life. And today I will step into a new life with him forever. And I will follow him the rest of my days. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, give God praise. I want to thank you all for being here today. It was awesome. If you made that decision here in person or watching us online, watching us online, type it in the chat. Tell us at the Connect Center. We've got a free gift for you out there as well and tell you about some next steps you can take in your walk with Jesus. Sign up for those groups. Sign up to serve. We'd love to, uh, to get involved and, and just know a little bit about, more about you. We've got our prayer partners and our elders down here. So if you need prayer for anything, come on down front. You can receive prayer. But this week, step into the new that God has for you. Amen. Love you guys. Have a great week.